Greek, uh, first of all, it's, it's when, the, when the lights come on, the Greeks come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Network. Welcome back to From the Pink Seats. I am Jacob Lane, joined by my co-host and good friend, Matthew McGavick. And we are excited to get into the, the moment that you've been waiting for, I guess. So I will put it here today on this episode. We are diving into final predictions for the Louisville football uh, season 2021. We are just a few days away. And Matt, we have started this thing off from day one of the offseason until now, looking at every single angle of Louisville football. We, we have inspector, inspector gadgeted Louisville football offseason. And now we get to make predictions, dude. This is exciting stuff. It is. And it's funny because there have been at least two or three episodes where I've tried to spoil what my predictions are. And you've had to kind of hold me back. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to save that for a specific episode. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm just so excited to talk about the season. And especially with as of this recording, it's like a week and a day away. It's it's on Sunday. The oh, God, what day is it? Sunday, the 29th. So Louisville football is officially eight days away tomorrow. It's going to be a week away. We're going to talk to Satterfield. It's going to be actual game prep week, baby. We're done talking about offseason workouts. We're done talking about practice. We talking about practice? No, we talking about game prep, baby. <laughs> you you're getting me hyped over here. I love it on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Bring in the juice. You, we could tell Matthew got a nap this afternoon. It is, a, it is a great day. It's a great day to talk Louisville football. And before we get into our predictions piece, I just want to talk a little bit about how the season is going to go in terms of how our show will look because it'll be a little bit different the off season has kind of been unpredictable in terms of when we sit down and actually turn the microphones on because obviously matt there's no deadlines in the off season we talk about things as they come when big news breaks we talk about coaching coaches getting to the microphone when they get to the microphone uh, but we have games to talk about now uh, post game and pre-game uh, and so the way the show goes, you'll get one episode a week that will be split half, half, half previewing what we saw the week prior uh, and half breaking down what we'll see against the upcoming opponent. We've got some great guests in store as the season goes along. We've got a uh, I don't want to call him a, a third co-host. I'm not exactly sure yet how to label um, one of our new members of the team, Matt's role. I guess rotating, rotating co-host would be the we, best way to put it. I, I something suppose. like that football correspondent, but we've got, we've got a, a special guest who'll be joining us for a good chunk of the season, uh, former staffer at Louisville, former player, somebody with a really, really interesting perspective. I don't want to spoil the fun here. Matt teased it. I like to tease you guys. So uh, I'll let you wait for that one next week when we sit down and preview all miss, but we've got some exciting things in order for the show. We've been a uh, off season show to this point, all 23 uh, shows minus one have come in the postseason uh, or the off season. And so Matt, we get to finally do what we are excited for, which is break down live action, uh, and in real time, and God, it, it's been it's been so long that I kind of forgot that we started this podcast literally the the, the tail end of that 2020 season. Did, did we get one episode? We got the Wake Forest game in. We got the Wake, the Wake that's Forest right. One. It was the Wake Forest game, but so at yeah, least this... a victory. <laughs> we we know nothing but winning football, right? That is the show. We came at, you, at the end of the season, so we know are, winning football. You are going to jinx the hell out of the team. By saying <laughs> that. Maybe I will, but that, that puts us right into. Uh, predicting the season and one other note matt and i will be matt of course covers everything there is no event that happens at the university of louisville that matthew mcgavick is not front and center but uh, i will be joining him this season covering games um at down at the football stadium so i'm excited about that we've got some some video elements that we're going to roll out some actual state from the pink seat stadium appearances we'll be doing that this season so we're just getting started here if you've been tuning in uh the entire offseason we appreciate it if you've been tuned in just for today 
appreciate it. Hopefully you'll come back, Matt. Let's talk about 2021. Okay. So we've laid the groundwork of offense, defense, where the improvement has to be, where the, um, you know, where they could take a step back, who the new players are, who the freshmen are, who you, we've done everything. I, I mean, I can't, we can't break down anymore um, from a big picture perspective. So I mean, now we could I talk to, about the walk-ons. <laughs> we, we know that you love doing that, but uh, I will leave uh, Louisville fans to go to si.com slash college slash Louisville, the Louisville report of sports illustrated. If they want to see that type of information, which I know they do. They, they, uh, they hey, flock so, there in people... groves to, to read the, the walk-on information that you put out. Uh, but we're not going to do that today, Matt. We're going to talk about no. the schedule to start. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, overall Louisville record. Uh, and, and how do you want to do this? You want to look game by game, or do you want to look at where we agree, where we disagree? What do you let's, think? You do? Let's go game by game, and then we can kind of go along, like, especially when we come to games where we don't, dis- we don't agree on. So let, let's just go on a game by game basis, and let's start with Ole Miss. Okay, let's do it. I'll let you go first. What do you think? I think that we both are probably on the same page here. Uh, but I bet we aren't too far off on why we think that is. But I'll let you uh, – is this a win or a loss? I, I'm going to go with a loss to open the season. But there is ample opportunity for a win here. I mean, we, you're going up against an offense who is spearheaded by, honestly, a, a Heisman dark horse candidate in Matt Corral. Who's, and we talked to Ruby Dreher over at Red Cup Rebellion, and she's really high on him. I mean, obviously she covers the team. But still, when you look at what he brings to the table – 71 percent completion percentage, 3,300 yards, almost 30 touchdowns to 15 picks last year. I mean, he's the, the man's pretty good. And, and Lane Kiffin, he, he knows his offense. So that's on that side of the ball, that's something to look for. But on the defensive side, uh, let's just say there's a little bit more left to be desired. Even Lane Kiffin at some point during the offseason in fall camp said that the defense was performing terribly. Granted that there was a little bit more depth to that, as Ruby explained to us in our season preview series. Go ahead and go check, uh, give that a listen, especially with our podcast with Ruby Dreary talking about the Ole Miss Rebels. But I digress. I, as much as he tried to salvage the defense, I I still think they're flaming hot garbage. (laughs) I mean, there's there's no way around it. But so it really kind of boils down to can Louisville win a shootout game one? Could, if this game was week 10, I'd feel a lot more comfortable in saying Louisville has a better chance of coming away with a win. But Considering you're going to go, going up against one of the more high pro, high profile, high flying offenses in all of college football, and doing so when your your own offense has question marks, I, I don't know if they're equipped to handle this game like right out of the gates. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Um, I'm trying to just kind of think back in my head of season openers. I mean, you know, you you made the comment of if the game wasn't week one, it might be a different outcome. Notre Dame uh, season one was a great example of that season opener at Cardinal Stadium, Louisville got out what 14 to nothing 14 to seven against Notre Dame I think it was I think it was 14 to seven yeah yeah something like that and it just didn't have the the juice to be able to close that game out um and then last year Western Kentucky gave them problems uh especially with their their pass rush in Louisville just I mean turnover wise special teams we got very acquainted with the punting situation last year very quickly um so it's kind of been a mixed bag for Louisville in the home openers I I really like Louisville's chances to come out and play fast here and and play well. I really do. Um, And I think they're going to lose this one close. If you read my piece over the state of Louisville or my 25 predictions for the season made two from this game. Uh, One, I think Scott Satterfield is going to coach the best game of his career at Louisville. I really do believe that. I believe that he is so confident in his team and his pieces that he is going to call a game that shows that we've, we've talked a lot about last year with the offense and just how vanilla it was and how bad the play calling was quite frankly, at times, I don't expect that here. I think Louisville's going to come out and really have it going. Um, <clears throat> the only problem is though, Matt, is they're going up against a really, really good head coach uh, and they're going up against a, a, 
a, a football team that's made up mostly of, of very high three-star, four-star, and five-star players. Right. Uh, I just think Ole Miss is going to have the edge. Um, they're not in terms of, you know, top to bottom necessarily a team that I think is better suited than Louisville. But I just think that when you look at where Ole Miss is coming off of that win against Indiana versus where Louisville is of trying to get back, um, you look at, at Ole Miss, the talent on their team, their coach, I just think they're going to win. I predict that Ole Miss wins in a, a heartbreaking fashion, 41 to 38 on a game-winning field goal. Um, and I, I think we'll walk away saying that Louisville had the opportunity to win the football game. Um, but after the heart heartbreaking kind of hurt wears off, I think a lot of fans, Louisville fans will be very encouraged by what they saw, despite giving right. up 41 points in the game opener and losing at, at what I believe to be the buzzer with the heartbreaking field goal loss. So uh, we both agree. Oh, and wait, I'm gonna wait, try to wait, a, wait to set the table for the rest of the episode for on both our behalves. <laughs> uh, but the good thing is, is that it, the season doesn't end after week one. So you bounce right. back week two, which is just what, six days later, five days later after playing Ole Miss, five days Louisville, later, o- yep. Louisville opens at home with Eastern Kentucky in a game that I have made, Matt, I just had a bait. My wife did not just had a baby almost a month ago, and I have made it a priority on our calendar to be at this football game because I know it's going to be electric, Uh, especially uh, coming off of what will be a close loss. Again, I know Louisville fans kind of tend to get upset and overreact, right? Like, that's not Louisville fans. No. No, that is Louisville fans. Um, And so I think that there will be some overreactions, but I think the general Louisville football fan base will be excited about September 11th against uh, Eastern Kentucky, which I believe will be a blowout win. Oh, yeah. It's hard not to get excited about your home opener, no matter who you're playing, whether you're playing Alabama or Eastern Kentucky. I mean, it's it's most people's first time seeing live football in almost a year. So no matter who the opponent, it's going to be it's going to be an electrifying atmosphere. And uh, we don't really have to spend too much time talking about this point. I mean, it's it's EKU. No offense to them, but I mean, they're an FCS school. They went three and six last season and including over three against the three FBS opponents they played in Marshall, West Virginia and uh I can't who I, they, they played someone else, but sure. regardless, they lost by com, like over a hundred points in those three, three games against FBS opponents. If this game's even remotely close, there's bigger problems at hand. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be an exciting game though, to see some of the younger guys <laughs> get, you know, playing time and for, you know, it's so quick, it's so quick back to back to even to get your starters more acclimated, you know, to get every single rep for Kendrick Duncan and Quinterio Cole and all these guys who are stepping in and, trying to figure it out on, you know, pretty quickly in terms of stepping into a new defense and just starting roles and prominent roles. I think this game will allow them to do that. And it will also give them the opportunity to get younger guys and uh, to get an eye on Brock Dome and to get an eye on uh, Trevion Cooley and, and some of the other wide receivers, Demetrius Cannon, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Michael Gonzalez on the offensive line. The list goes on and on, but excited to see that. All right. Week three. Um, this is the potentially Matt, the most interesting game on the schedule. Um, for a number of reasons. One, Louisville will have played their third game in 12 days. I think that's a very underrated storyline for this football team early on, especially when it's Ole Miss East. I mean, I know it's Eastern Kentucky, but then right back um, on a Friday night against Central Florida, who has been one of the best mid-major schools, and it's probably not fair to call mid-majors. Uh, non-power five is probably a better term. Right. Um, in the country uh, for the last several years. And this is not a game that's going to be an easy game. This is not a guaranteed win by any means um what do you think what do you have i mean it's it's going to be a close one i mean we talked to brian smith earlier this offseason about this game and he's he's really high on their offensive potential i mean when you have a guy like dylan gabriel who 
leads one of the the faster paces paced offenses in all of the the nation. It, it's kind of hard not to get exciting, but I mean, they're kind UCF is kind of cut from the same cloth as Ole Miss is, is that they have an electrifying offense. They can put up points. They can light up the scoreboard. But on the flip side, the defense gets to the exact exact same thing. They can allow a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be two shootouts in the first three games for Louisville right out of the gate. So talk about like a trial by fire in terms of like the, the defense. But I think they're probably more equipped to handle like good offense as opposed to the offense handling good defense. But I digress. I, I'm, I'm I kind of flip flopped on this game a little bit because at when I first made my uh, way too early season projections on this one. This was one that I had originally penciled in as a loss, but the more that time went on, the more I kind of started to lean the other direction. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game, but it's not going to be on a neutral site. It's going to be at home. It's I think UCF is, is definitely a step below Ole Miss and considering Louisville has, will have already faced a team like Ole Miss and their capabilities, I think Louisville will probably be a little bit more equipped to handle what to expect, especially – I don't want to call UCF the poor man's Ole Miss, but, I mean, they're, they're basically what Ole Miss is, but not just as – but not as good at it. So, I think with it being at home, with having faced a team that's similar to them, I'm actually giving Louisville the edge in this one. I like it. I like it. And you know what? You mentioned Brian Smith uh, from Inside the Knights. I thought that his interview was one of the games that really left me, you know, kind of questioning whether Louisville could win more than any other. She talked about not only the offensive weapons that they return, including Dylan Gabriel, who, I mean, Louisville is going to face two of the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the country. And yeah, he was really weeks. high. 12 days, really Matt. It's 12 days. They're going to face two, two of the top quarterbacks in 12 days. Yeah, no, and not only that, he Brian Smith was really high on the fact that – or was really adamant on the fact, rather, that UCF just got a lot of athletes. Whether yeah, or not exactly. That, that, whether or not that comes, that comes to fruition out in the field remains to be seen, especially – with uh, he didn't exactly have glowing things to say about their defensive staff. Yeah, but, I exactly. mean, when you're, when you're dealing with a bunch of dudes, someone's going to make a play at some point. Right. And he talked about the transfers that they brought in this offseason on the defensive line and how much better the defense is going to be speed wise. And the scheme is going to be much more, you know, kind of in line with what their players are. But I say all of that to say Louisville will have learned their lessons against Ole Miss. You mentioned it. They are a poor man's Ole Miss. Dylan Gabriel might be better than Matt Corral, but they don't have near the weapons around him that Ole Miss has. Uh, Considering what Louisville learned in week one, I think the defense will tighten things up in a way that even though it will be a shootout, they win, um, you know, with a a decent little bit of comfort. You know, maybe I'll say 10-point win plus. Um, So, but I'm taking Louisville in that one because I I do think that they'll – uh, they'll come in ready to play. That might be a sellout game. It very well could be on a Friday night against Central Florida. I, I'm on ESPN. That's going to be a fun football game. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, and if you lose that one, Matt, oh, man, I, I try not to let my mind go there. But I, I just think that, you know, you lose to Central Florida. It's not the end of the season for, by any means, but I just start to wonder what the narrative does to the to the fan base of two losses in the first three weeks one of which is to a, you know, a non-power five school. I don't know. It's just a tough situation. Yeah, no, the, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like last year's schedule that it's, it's pretty front loaded. I mean, you've got Ole Miss, UCF, and then your ACC openers at Florida state. That's, that's not an easy slate to open up the season with, but I mean, so I, I remember, I can't remember if I said it on this podcast, but Louisville very well could open up the season at one and three and still make a ball game. 
They very well could. And you mentioned Florida State. So let's transition into the first ACC game of the year. This will come um, in the fourth week of the season. Um, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you here. I don't think this goes well for Louisville. I I predicted that there's going to be a clunker along the way for Louisville. They lose a game that they shouldn't. I know that Florida State is going to be much better this year. Mike Norvell actually has gotten quite a bit of talent in there. He's been able to really kind of install his scheme and his culture. It's not the guys with the name brand recognition that you're used to, and they're not where they should be. But Louisville will have played three games in 12 days, their first time out on the road. They beat Florida State pretty good last year. Um, Florida State's probably going to want some revenge here, and Louisville is just going to be tired. Uh, I think this is going to be where those first three games catch up to them. They play a a sloppy game, maybe a turnover here, turnover there that kind of goes the wrong way, and Louisville walks out of Tallahassee with a loss. This is actually the first game where you and I disagree on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could absolutely see that playing out because I I honestly didn't quite, you know, picture or envision Louisville playing that many games in just like a two, two two-and-a-half-week span, but – I'm not high on Florida State as a lot as as much as other people are. I, I'm just not. I mean, the, the offensive side of the ball should should be, you know, pretty good. I mean, they've got Jordan Travis, who looks pretty good as the starter in the back half of 2020. They bring in Mackenzie Milton, who if he's back from his injury, that adds a different dynamic to that team. They bring in yeah. Auburn, Auburn uh running back DJ Williams. So that'll that'll just add to their offensive firepower. But DJ Williams, DJ Williams was a former Appalachian State commit, was he not? I remember I, looking into this and seeing that hmm. he played for Florida State. I am almost positive that he was committed to, to Appalachian State before Scott Satterfield left for Louisville. And I remember a lot of excitement about him potentially coming to Louisville, and then him ended up going to – I think he started at Auburn before Trent. You said you said that. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. he started at Auburn. He did start at Auburn. The <laughs> defense is. is real bad. I the mean, offensive they, line is they bad were the, as well. The, they were the worst defense in the ACC last year. I mean, they were – and plus they were like – Dead, they gave up 36 points a game. They gave up 450 plus yards a game. They were dead last in, in sacks allowed. They lost Asante Samuel Jr. and, and D tackle uh, Marvin Wilson, their two best defensive guys. I mean, they have a, a solid linebacking core returning. They do, but I mean, that defense is terrible. That, that and, and Louisville in recent, like the last like half decade or so, they've, I don't want to say they have Florida State's number because it's been a relatively evenly matched like series between the two, but they, they've fared a lot better against the Knowles since joining the ACC than in years past. So I, I know, like you said, Florida State should be markedly better than they were last year under Mike Norvell. I, 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 I agree with that. I do think the Knowles will be better in year two in the Mike Norvell era, but it, this is how I felt about Miami for the year until they actually turned things around and were quote unquote back until Florida state actually proves me wrong and shows that they are this quote unquote back. I'm not high on this team. I'm just not. I think this has more to do with the fact of what Louisville would be coming off of and what they will have just exerted to get to, you know, to get to two wins in those first three weeks. And I think that Florida State will have the motivation. They, they don't necessarily have the top-tier talent that they normally have, but they have enough talent to win a football game where Louisville maybe just isn't all the way there. If anything, this is a huge test to the mental fortitude of this team and how, di- how deep they can kind of dig. Um, and, and another thing I will say is, you know, Florida State lost a lot of transfers this offseason, a ton of players. But they bring in Jermaine yep. Johnson from, from Georgia. Didn't have a great career there, but he was number uh, former number one Juco player in the country, a guy that Louisville was thought to be on this offseason. 
Uh, I think he's going to be one of the best players in the ACC next year defensively. And, and, and you get one guy like that who can rush the, rush the passer, Matt. You get a couple yeah. other guys. And, and it ends up being a, a, an eight and four type season. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it'll be a little bit closer than people anticipate because Sam Hartman is a pretty good QB. Jaquari Robinson is arguably the best returning receiver in the ACC. I mean, and Christian Beal Smith, their running back, is pretty good. I mean, like, like the first three teams on this schedule, they've got a good offense, but the defense – it's, it's just not good. I, I think it'll be like a single-digit game. I really do. But Louisville's had a ton of success playing against Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. So I think this is a win. Yeah, I, I think that for all those reasons, Wake Forest is definitely not somebody to be discounted. Um, they are not as good as they were a couple of years ago when they had um, Serrano, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, Washington at wide receiver and then Jamie Newman at quarterback. But they are much better than what they were last year, I think. They've got, right. a, they've got some pieces defensively who will be guys that eventually end up on draft boards. Um, and, and I do think Dave Clawson is a good coach, man. He's made that program relevant, at least somewhat, in the ACC. They've, they've got some big wins under his tenure. Um, and I, I think they're just dangerous enough that if you're not prepared, they beat you. Okay, let's go right. into the next game. We both agree on that one, so we don't need to spend too much time there. Virginia, this is one where Louisville has uh, – they've gotten the better of them in some situations, and then they've not been able to beat Virginia in others. Uh, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, beat Virginia last year um, and that lost to them the year before. I, I'm struggling with tw- – 2019 they might be 2-0 in the, in the last two years against Virginia but uh Virginia is, is they, they won in 20 they won in 2019 yeah so they've so they've won two in a row against Virginia Virginia is a team that brings some talent back uh, I'm having a hard time uh, remembering their quarterback's name but I, I do know he was uh, you know taken over for uh, Bryce Perkins there last year he played decent um you're talking about the UVA's quarterback this year yes Brennan yes, Armstrong. yes Brennan Armstrong I could not I was gonna say I know it's Brennan either his first or his last name but um, he was a guy who took over, played well last year. Um, they, they're they going to do what they do, right? They play the Bronco Mendenhall type of football, which is they're going to run the football. They're going to powerhouse you. They're going to play damn good defense. They're going to really try to kind of strangle the life out of you, and they they hope that they win 17 to 14. They're they're good with that type of victory. Nope. Um, I think I think Scott Satterfield's got the recipe to beat Virginia. He's figured it out in the first two years. Uh, I think they <clears> win <throat> this one and uh, keep it going with two in a two in a row in the ACC. No, I agree, and, and plus it, it helps that Virginia doesn't exactly have some of the the personnel they've had the last couple of years in some of those matches that have been a little bit closer than anticipated. I mean, Brennan Armstrong's not Bryce Perkins. I mean, they're starting running back Wayne. Talapapa, I think it's how I pronounce it. I think he, it's yeah. a Hawaiian last name. It's something of that nature. I mean, they've got a good underrated pieces on offense, but I mean, they're not that great. They've got a good O-line, so that'll definitely help. And and but not only that, <clears throat> some of their top defensive guys have moved on. Like their line, their linebacking core is is, rel- is relatively fresh. Charles Snowden's gone. Zane Zandier's gone. And plus, they had the worst passing defense in the league in the league last year. So when you've got the cycling of talent, now granted, there's still talent there obviously, but when you lose that much experience, it doesn't exactly like bode well, bode that well for you. So I think that Louisville probably takes this one, especially since it's a home game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a, like you said a smash mouth type game where it's a relatively low like 17, 14, 14, 10 type yeah. of game because that's just the Bronken Mendenhall blueprint right there. But exactly. I think, I think when you look at it from like, if you compare Louisville's roster to UVA's roster, I mean, I would probably take Louisville's roster based on, you know, just sheer talent. And when you throw in the fact that it's a home game, I, I don't think there's much else to bait right there. 
Okay, let's look at Boston College, who will be the, the week of October 23rd it's on a Saturday, uh, back at home for the second week. Uh, they will be coming off of a bye week. I do think that's worth mentioning here as they reload for the second half, back half of their schedule. Boston College picked to finish third, if I'm not mistaken, in the Atlantic. Um, they're a team that has Phil Jerkovich. I thought the interview that you did with A.J. Black of BC Bulletin was fantastic. They've got they've got a lot of talent, and and more than anything, Matt, I think they've got the one of the best coaches in the ACC. He's a guy that I will stand by this prediction will be in the NFL in the next five years. Buy He's stock in Jeff Halfley. Buy stock in Phil Jerkovich. Yes, absolutely. And and Phil Jerkovich is a guy who was an afterthought at Notre Dame behind Ian Book. And now he's got the potential to, to have BC up there in contention with Clemson, um, NC State, Louisville for uh, you know, the top two or three spots. Uh, what do you think here? I, I, I'm really high on Jeff Havley. I think as long as he's there, <clears throat> BC has the year in and year out potential to finish in the top half of the Atlantic. I, I feel that strongly about him. He's a fantastic coach. He's so far in his brief tenure at BC. I mean, he's only been there a year, but he, he's so far shown signs that he can carry that program to, to pretty high heights. Like maybe not to as high as the Matt Ryan era. And if we're talking about like relatively recent Boston college teams, but he can probably get up there. I think the BC could very well have a position to end the season ranked. I mean, you've got Phil Jerkovich. You've got one of the best receivers in the league in Zay flowers. You've got one of the conference's top offensive lines, a defensive. There's, there's still a few questions. They're kind of shuffling in talent there, but there's still an overall sound defense. I think I could, I think it'll be a close loss, but if Louisville's not careful, they could get the break speed off them by this team. I really do, because I'm that high on Halfley in Boston College. You're taking – you're going with – this is going to be Louisville's second loss of the season here, their first in conference. That's where that's where you're ending up with, with this game? Correct. Okay. I'm going to go the other way. I, I, I really like Boston College. I've said that multiple times this offseason. Um, I actually predicted Louisville to lose to Boston College last year, and they did. Um, but there was a lot of nuggets in there that, took, that I took away – um, that made me kind of wonder what this year would look like. One of them was Malik Cunningham potentially had one of his best games, just from a numbers perspective, uh, 296 yards passing, 133 yards rushing. Des Fitzpatrick finished that game with 182 yards receiving. Uh, Louisville just missed some, some key opportunities, key windows last year. They ended up losing by seven. That was a game they should have won. It's a game this year I think they cleaned the mess up. Uh, I think that by this part of the season – Louisville's defensive line, specifically Yaya Diaby um, and Yasir Abdullah at, at the outside dog position, are going to be a force rushing the passer. I really do. I, I don't know why. Nothing that they've shown me at this point makes me believe that they should be that, but I think they will be. The way that they've talked about their defensive line and the ability to get after the quarterback this year, I think at this point in the season, Louisville's defense is going to have it rolling and have it kind of figured out. I've got them winning this football game, winning their third in a row, bouncing back strong after that loss from Florida State. And I think that this is a game, Matt, where we walk away um, and we say, okay, maybe they're better than we thought they were, you know, maybe this is an eight, nine win football team versus a six win football team um, because Boston college is they, they, a lot of people aren't talking about them, but they are one of the most talented teams in the ACC. No, I agree. I mean, but I, I it, it's kind of hard for me to agree with that. Like saying it'll, there'll be an eight, nine team just because of who, what, the way I have my schedule predicted, but depending on what happens uh, up to that point, this could very well be Louisville's litmus test of the season. Like that really shows how good they are at home against one of the more underrated teams in the ACC. So a team that's probably going to finish in the top half of the Atlantic. 
this this could really show what Louisville is made of. All right. So you talk about the litmus test. You think that that's it. But BC, I personally believe that October 30th, Halloween Eve will be the the game um, that Louisville will have the chance uh, to really put themselves in contention to finish second in the ACC uh, against NC State. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to beat NC State. I think that uh, Matt, I'm going to give you a bold prediction here. You ready for this? Let's hear it. I think NC State is going to win the ACC, uh, the, the Atlantic Division. I think that this is going to be the year where Clemson gets knocked off. Um, and I, I think it's going to be NC State. And at this point, we won't obviously know that, but uh, I have them beating Louisville pretty good. They have a really nice offense. Um, they returned some key pieces. It, obviously, they've got Devin Leary, who, when he was healthy last year, really had NC State going. Um, they've got a much improved offensive line, including their left tackle, who was first team all ACC. They've got Zonovan Knight, which if my name could be Zonovan, I would be uh, ecstatic. The fact that he goes by <laughs> by Bam is even better. Uh, so Bam Bam Knight is first team all. That's uh, just a Hall ACC of Fame name right there. <laughs> exactly. You're 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 on my level here. You're 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 putting what I you're picking up what I'm putting down. They've got a much improved defense that includes several transfers from Florida State on their defensive line, several other uh, SEC. Uh, Big Ten, Pac-12 transfers. They have really filled out their defense. Uh, they've got the offense that's going to, you know, be able to produce. They've got Peyton Wilson, who was a first-team All-ACC linebacker. They've got other edge rushers. Corey Durden is the defensive line there, the defensive lineman that Corey Smith from Pac Pride of 247 Sports couldn't stop raving about. I think NC State is going to be really, really good this year. They're predicted to finish second. They got a first-place vote. It was not my vote. Uh, but I do think they're going to win the ACC Atlantic division, but they beat the brakes off Louisville here. I, I'm not going to go as far as say as they'd be Clemson. Now is, is Clemson going to go eight and zero in conference? I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure there because I'm, I, I'm not as high on Clemson as I am in years past. Like I think they do have a hiccup along the way, but we'll get to that in a moment. But no, I, I'm as far as feelings on NC state, I'm not far off on you. NC state is, they very well could be a dark horse to reach Charlotte. I'm not going to pro- project them to actually do it, but. Could it happen? Absolutely, it could. Will it happen? Eh, probably not. But Devin Leary is back. He he's healthy after I can't remember what injury he had, but now he's back. Hopefully, he's for his sake, he's good to go. Zonovan Knight's one of the better running backs in the, in the entire league, and great name, obviously. And that defense, that that defense isn't getting the love that it's just. I mean, it is getting the love it deserves, but it needs to be. It needs to be more because not only the Daniel Joseph, their D lineman, pass on the NFL. They also they have arguably one of the better linebacker rooms in, yep. in the nation. I mean, you can make the case that Louisville's got the best inside linebacker duo in CJ and Monty, but in terms of top to bottom, outside to inside, one of the best linebacker groups in the entire league. You could give that to NC State because they got Peyton Moore, uh, Peyton Wilson, Isaiah Moore, Drake Thomas. I did the math when I was going through my season projection. NC State returns their top eleven tacklers from last year. 11 that's they they essentially return their entire starting defense in top tacklers this this team this i think this very well could be a double digit win team this this team is good this team is they're not getting a lot of the national love now but i think uh, by the time louisville heads into this game i think they will i do too i really do too their schedule is really top heavy as well they've got um a couple of really tough opener or a couple of uh, games at the beginning of the season. I think they open with South Florida. If I'm not mistaken, they've got Mississippi state either in week two or week three. 
Um, they've got Miami this year. They've got North Carolina. So they will be battle tested. That's for sure. And if they are going to win the conference, it'll be because of those games. They beat the North Carolinas. They take down the Sam Howe. They beat Clemson. They beat Miami. Um, and I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoff. I'm not sure they're that good. I think Clemson is going to take a bit of a step back this season. I don't think we're going to see them in the college football playoff. In fact, I don't think we're going to see an ACC team in the college football playoff this year. Uh, but maybe UNC. Maybe exactly right. It has to be UNC. Okay. Uh, you made a comment. And so now I'm unsure if I'm on the same page as you hear about Clemson. Um, is this a loss? I mean, I, I think this is a loss. We'll, we'll oh, it's, it's a loss. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you it's made a, a comment a about loss. we'll get to it. Okay. Well, they're, they're not the Clemson from like the 2018 and 20 in the 2017 when they were, when they were able to just run up the score on Alabama. They're, they're not as good as those teams. Will they still beat Louisville? Hell yeah, they will. <laughs> I mean, it's still Clemson. I, I'm I'm not exactly projecting this. This it, it's 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 hard for me to have any sort of hope that Louisville will beat Clemson. Whenever you have like the Lamar Jackson led team, that that 2016 team that went to Death Valley and still lost, and that he came back next year played them at Louisville, got their ass handed to Ooh. them. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and it, it, it's like how my feelings about Florida State until it actually happens. I'm not projecting it at all unless there's just unless Clemson just falls off an absolute cliff. And even then I'd be like, eh, we'll see. Yeah. So. I, I shouldn't sit here and act like Clemson is not going to be good because that wouldn't be fair to them, but you're talking about a quarterback who will be, you know, a sophomore this season. He it, DJ, you, you, a guy go Um, Okay, I actually learned the pronunciation of his name from uh, Grace Raynor over the Athletic whenever uh, whenever I interviewed her for this game. It's Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. I've got a little bit of an accent, so there's not really an N sound in there, but that's essentially how you say Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. Okay, so yeah. Ui Ungalale, yep. New starting quarterback places trevor lawrence um he was fantastic last year when he filled in uh you know i think it was five touchdowns no interceptions uh, i mean he was he was good but clemson uh skill position wise i couldn't tell you this is not the indicator of if they're good or bad i couldn't tell you one skill position player that plays for clemson normally i can name five or six will shipley um, lynn the- j dixon justin ross <laughs> i mean that's because i I've, I've had i've done the research here but i mean they, they've got the, the dudes there but the real question is is how justin ross is going to respond because he, he missed the entire season last year because of a spine injury i i can't remember what exactly the spine injury was I, I should because I know I asked Grace about it, but it, it was one where his football career was kind of sort of up in the air. But I mean, he was able to rehab, come back, and he 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 was able to participate in fall camp, took some hits, and he should be good to go, like a full a full goal week one when they play Georgia. Okay, Matt, let's move into this two pack of games here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna fl- fly through these because I think we both agree that Duke and Clemson or excuse me, Syracuse and Duke will be wins. Uh, I think Syracuse will be the worst team in the ACC this season. And Dino Babers will be out of job uh, before the season, even season even ends. He might not be the head coach when they play Louisville on November 13th, uh, but I think yeah, I Louisville agree. wins that game. Uh, and then Duke, they, they had their chance several years ago when they had Daniel Jones, they have, um, they have slowly been starting to kind of fade back down to where they were prior to David Cutcliffe's arrival. Duke football, just not that good. Louisville should win this game. Yeah, no, I agree. Syracuse is probably the worst team in the league. And it it sucks because I was so high on Dino Bears in that hiring. And what was it? Two, three years ago, he took them to 10 wins. 
And now look where they are. And especially how inept they are on offense. And he's an offensive-minded guy. It's, it's kind of surprising to see how far they've fallen. But like you said, I, I Dino Babers not, might not be the coach by the time these two teams play. And then Duke, I mean, they, they've got a couple solid guys. Like Mateo Durant's a pretty, a, a pretty good running back. And they, they bring back their two leading receivers and have, a, you know, an, an okay offensive line. But uh, their defense lost a lot of guys, especially uh, uh, Chris Rumpf and, and uh, there are a couple of their other um, defensive ass, uh, top defensive aspect assets, excuse me. But I think overall, like road game or not, Duke is just not that good. Are they going to be better than their two win team? Yeah, two win. Ugh, good God, two win team last season. Jesus Christ. They're, I think they're going to be better than that. Not by much, maybe a four or five win team. But I, I, I don't really see Louisville coming out of. Durham without a loss. I mean, without a win. Like th- I think this is a team that <laughs> that Louisville should handle easily. Okay, this is where we get into the fun stuff. Here we move into the last week of the season. We uh, surprisingly have Louisville sitting at the exact same record, both in and out of conference. Both of us have Louisville at seven and four and five and three in the conference at this point. If my my math does me well here, and so that moves us into Louisville with uh, versus Kentucky with a chance for Louisville to win eight games. I'm going to go first here. Uh, because I just wrote about this, still fresh in my mind. I've got Louisville winning this game, and I think they're going to win by two touchdowns, Matt. I know that sounds crazy. There is absolutely nothing on the field the last three seasons that would make me believe that that would be the case. Here's what I think. Again, this goes back to Louisville, not so much about Louisville, although I do think that by this point, again, Louisville's defense is going to be one of the best in the ACC. I I think Malik Cunningham will be much improved. Uh, I think that the run game will be established. The passing game will be established. The offensive line will be much better. This team will be able to move the football. The games that they lose, uh, you know, Syracuse and Clemson, or excuse me, Clemson and NC State are two of the top teams in the ACC. I've got FSU as the slip up. And then we talk about Ole Miss. So it's not as if they have bad losses on their schedule at this point. So I see this as a Louisville trending upward. They're coming off two wins in a row at that point. If um, the things go the way we predicted, which is Syracuse and Duke, I think that by this point, UK will be falling apart. I, 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 this is all just, uh, you know, predictions, you know, I I obviously can't tell you what's going to happen, but with what has gone on in the last month around that program with um, the, the hiccups off the field, with the arrests, (laughs) with the, with the, uh, the whole investigation and the cover up and everything that's gone on with that. I don't think we've seen the end of that. Um, I, I do think there will continue to be parts of that that follow Kentucky through the season. And, uh, you know, they do have great defensive line play, great offensive line play. Uh, I think that there's a reason why people are predicting Kentucky to, to finish pretty high, but I just think they're going to fall apart. I think that this is the beginning of the end of Mark Stoops. Stoops and by the end of the season, um, while some people think Will Levis is going to be a superstar, I think by the end of the year, he is not even their starting quarterback. And at this point, they're trying to get to the end of the season. And, and Kentucky is just not what we thought they were. Louisville takes a win by two plus touchdowns, finishes the season at eight and four. I mean, I, I'm not going to completely discount what you said, because like I, I could easily see that happening, especially with all the uh, off the field stuff that Kentucky's had in the last month. But <clears throat> they still have and I'm going to go with my base of the I've had the last couple of times we've discussed this game. Kentucky still has a really damn good offensive line. They don't have a, a established passing attack yet. They they might heading into this game, which could bode well for them against Louisville, and it might not. But they run the ball extremely well, and what Louisville's bugaboo has been for a few years now has been the ability to stop the run. Are they going to be better at it this year than they have in years best? I believe so. 
But like I've said about Florida State, like I've said about Kim, uh, other other teams, until it is proven otherwise that can that Louisville can stop the run specifically against this team, especially taking into consideration the last game that happened and what would have happened last season if these two teams actually did play, I think Kentucky probably would have, you know, beat Louisville like a drum considering yeah. that like what happened I'm, honestly it's it's probably a good thing that there's those two teams didn't play last season but could i be dead wrong absolutely but as of right now kentucky does what they do and they do it well i think they're going to be more than just a one note just run 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 especially like since liam comb is you know tailor-made for like uh, helping out quarterbacks I'm, i don't know i don't know what's expected i will leave us i really don't i've done no research into the guy but until I'm, I see something tangible that suggests that they're not going to be able to run the ball as efficiently, mm-hmm. I still think that this is going to be a Louisville loss. Yeah, I can I can totally get down with that. Um, in, in my prediction scenario, obviously, the wheels are kind of falling off Kentucky. Should that not be the case? Um, they've got Chris Rodriguez, who is the damn good running back. Um, they've got, uh, you know, skill position players. They've got the, the new Kyle Pitts at tight end and Isaiah Cummings. I... <laughs> oh, my God. Listeners can't uh, see the video, but I'm rolling my eyes in the back of my head. <laughs> I just I just think that the offseason um, that they've had is one that is going to follow them. I think that's the bottom line. When you talk and about I, I can see that happening. I really can. I mean, when you got – Six guys, again, I don't want to get too far into this subject because we're, I don't want to get this train so far off the tracks. But when you had six guys accused of what they're doing. Right. I mean, there's going to be this more. Is not, right. This is not there's, like a standalone thing under Stoops. Like he's had some questionable characters in the in the last several years. Yeah, it's going to be a lot like the Dino situation where we're going to kind of find this layered in terms of there's going to be, you know, more court proceedings, more things are going to be able so to So you mean leaked. there's an audio of Stoops going full-blown Goodfellas? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, here's the thing, Matt. You know, one thing that will eventually be released most likely is the 911 call. Like, there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out with this that's that we haven't seen yet. And those things have a way of wearing on a team, especially when you're getting pounded by Georgia and Florida and Alabama and all the teams in the SEC. Um, I mean, we right. It just means more. And when you're the fourth, fifth team in that conference, um, you know, maybe 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 four at this point. I don't know. I I don't know if I'm not going to predict the SEC East here, but you take some of those losses. You have the court things kind of hanging over your head. These players will be transferring. There's going to be, you know, if they're if they're playing a quarterback carousel, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing at Mark. Mark Stoops in terms of you hire the offensive guy. Why is he not able to figure this out with the quarterback? This is supposed to be his guy. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. I just think the Kentucky season is going to kind of be um, a little bit opposite of Louisville in terms of by the end of the season, I think that Louisville fans are, are back on board with Scott Satterfield in full, full effect. Um, this win will further supplant that and make that a, a you know, a, a reality. Whereas I think the the love and affection support of Mark Stoops will be gone by the end of, of 2021. And that's a coach that if all this stuff kind of plays out the way that it, it could in terms of the legal issues, what he knew versus what he, what he didn't know, why these players were able to practice all that stuff. I think there's going to be a lot of finger pointing at him that just makes it easier for them to kind of wipe their hands, especially if they have a bad season. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, right, I, so I, I can absolutely see that. Uh, you've got seven, I'm and, five, seven and five, I've, yeah. and I've got eight and four. So we're kind of, um, you know, in the same ballpark. 
I think Louisville gets to nine wins overall. I think that they'll get a bowl win. Obviously, I don't know who they play. I won't know what players have declared for the draft versus who haven't. Um, but I just – I really have a feeling about this team. And a lot of it is because of the way that the coaches have spoken about their individual units, the, some of the players. I think this team has the pieces to win nine football games. I really do. I think this is a team that, that has leadership. It has youth. It has versatility. It has depth. It has uh, top heavy talent. It has, you know, that they go back to the depth. It's got bottom pieces. There no longer is that fall off when the second guy has to come in, when the third guy, even in some situations have to come in. The fact that you have eight offensive linemen who have the potential to play this season, maybe 10 defensive linemen, eight, nine wide receivers, four running backs. This is a really deep team. I think they've got the leadership in place with Cunningham being in his fifth season, fourth season, Jalen Mitchell um, at the running back position and that leadership group, Evan Conley, some of the, the key uh, veterans on the offensive line. They've got several super seniors in really important places. Cole Bentley at center, Caleb Chandler at guard. I really think Trevor Reed is the real deal at tackle. And I could keep going here, Matt. You're, you're catching my right. drift. In terms yeah, of no. I, think, I just no, think I'm going to be better. No, I, they, they, they'll, the be they'll be better. They'll be better. There's no doubt about that. They'll, they'll be better. I think on paper, they've got a, a pretty damn good team. I, I think it still remains to be seen how, how much they'll improve in the turnover, turnover department, but I think they'll, they'll, they'll be better for, from what they were last year in that department. I'm, I think we're done talking about that subject. We've talked about it plenty in the last several episodes. I, I we've been on record saying how a lot of the turnover woes were like just dumb luck. And, and like, unless there's like some sort of voodoo hex on the program, they're, they're not going to replicate that same bad luck this upcoming season. At least I don't think they will. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the part to be seen. Um, I think that the schedule while challenging um, and, and really in a lot of different ways, I, I can't stop talking about the 12 games or three games in 12 days at the beginning of the season. You have NC state and Clemson back to back. There's just a lot of spots in the schedule that will be tough for Louisville. And this is where strong leadership will play a role. And this is where the woes of last season and, and what they learned about not coming mentally prepared and being focused in every single day, every single game, every single play. I think they'll have that focus and that, that energy this year. I've told you there's several NFL players on this team. I can tell you for sure. I think that Catrell Clark, Quinterio Cole and Kendrick Duncan will all be drafted by this by the time the season's ending. We'll be talking about Yaya Diaby in a way uh, that we haven't talked about a Louisville defensive line in a long time, a defensive lineman. And then, you know, you know where I stand on Yasir Abdul, Lamonte Montgomery, what those guys nope. bring to this defense. <laughs> um, it, it, it really is going to be a good season for them, in my opinion. But here's where I want to I want to here's what I want to do, Matt. I want to wrap right. this up, the schedule, put a bow on it, and we'll, we'll, we'll go into a second episode here. We'll just continue our thoughts. We'll break it into two episodes so the people who don't want to listen to the next part don't have to, and then those who want to can continue on. But the way that the, the, the staff and Scott Centerfield has talked this season, if this, this team falls short of a winning record, um, and even 500, Matt, I think we have to have a very, 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 very difficult conversation about the future of the program and the, and the leadership because of what the staff has said all offseason the last three weeks you you've written about it you have covered it you've been there you've heard it best defensive line i've ever had best offensive line we've ever had best group of this best group of that we're focused we're, we're we have the leadership they have put themselves in a position where if they do not win football games there are no excuses this is on them not being good enough Last year, they had the COVID thing to kind of fall back on. Um, you didn't have an offseason. You, you had some issues internally. You were kind of dealing with COVID-wise health. 
Louisville could have won five, six games last year. Easy. They didn't this year. Yeah, no, there, there are a bunch of 50, 50 games that were very much still up, up for grabs and they just, they just couldn't, you know, do better. I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, turnovers had their, their play in it, but there were a lot of 50, 50 games and like most of them didn't go their way. And a lot of them should have gone their way. They should have. And this year they have to, because the coaching staff has set the expectations of we're going to win. And in Louisville, I understand that this is not Alabama. This is not Auburn. This is not the SEC. This is not, you know, Louisville is still trying to establish themselves as a football program. But for two seasons back to back with the uh, top five ACC quarterback with several, you know, talented pieces with an improved defense, if they cannot win football games this year, that staff does not deserve to be here. I'm going to be quite, quite frank in my analysis because. They are the ones who have set the bar high this offseason, not the fans. The fans have wanted no part of that. The fans have said, <laughs> I'm not sure Louisville's going to be any good this season, but the coaching staff has come out. They've said, we've got the best units. We've got the best defense we've ever coached. We've got the best offensive line we've ever coached. Now freaking go out there and prove it on the field. And if you can't win eight games, seven games, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt even with six games this year because this was a long-term build. But they are the ones who set the expectations by saying the things that they've said to the media, and now it's their bed and they have to lie in it. Personally, I think they're going to win the football game, so it's a moot point. We're not going to be in the discussion at the end of the, at the season. But if they don't, Matt, I will tell you right now, as one of the hosts of this show, we will not be walking on eggshells. I will be telling you then what I told you now. They're not good enough, and we need to figure out what we have to do. Does that mean they need a, does he need a new staff? Does that mean we need a new coach? I don't know. I don't want to go into that because I think they're going to win nine football games, so we're not going to be having that conversation. But I say that because this thing has the potential for the wheels to fall off. That schedule, we talk about what happens if they lose to, to UCF in week three, and you're sitting at one and two. You talk about Clemson and NC State, BC, Wake Forest. There's games to lose here. Um, so this this is a make or break year is my point. Oh, yeah, no, it, it's it, it. I don't want to use the term contract here because it, that's not really what the, what the case is. But this is a make or break year because, excuse me, this is a year where uh, Satterfield's got like a roster of almost all of his guys. He's had three years to now instill his system, get his guys to help instill his system and, and you know, operate under his umbrella. And if they if they can't so show some semblance of the program moving forward going in this year. I mean, his, his long-term future here in Louisville is going to seriously be in question. Now, wh what do you just define like success this year? I, I, I think that that means going to a bowl, whether or not they went, whether or not success is determined by winning the bowl game remains to be seen. I mean, it depends on how they've operated up to that point. But I think at the bare minimum, Louisville needs to win six games, period. They, they, if they lose any more game, any more than that, if they go five and seven, that, that's not, that's not success. I mean, ten, if you want to get technical, it's more it's more games than they won last season. Yeah, sure, I'll give you that. But I mean, give, given how they've rebounded over this offseason and how glowing they've glowingly they've been talking about like their guys. Yeah, they've admitted they've they're going to be some like growing pains and how and how it's not going to be perfect all the time. But they've I haven't spoken to a single position coach who doesn't like their guy their, their room and think there's a lot of potential, and that potential has to play on the football field. Simple as that. If you if you don't go out there and win a bunch of games, I mean, at the end of the day, what are you doing here? I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, I know a lot of fans aren't going to agree with me that a six and six campaign is going to be successful, but I mean, it, I think that shows improvement the, at the it, bottom. It, at the bottom at, line, at the very bottom, it shows it shows mark a market level of improvement.
Yeah. And you talk about, I said no excuses earlier. The excuse I, I warned you about several weeks ago when we talked about fall camp kicking off was the 80 freshman number that Scott Satterfield threw out. <coughs> Redshirt freshmen, the freshmen, the third year freshmen, about, all the freshmen. About that. I'm not going to say I took it, but we, a lot young, of those guys yeah. are red shirts freshmen. A lot of those guys are actually sophomores, but they're considered freshmen because of the extra year they got COVID. You don't got 80 true freshmen on the roster. That would be insane. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's that's UAB getting football back type of insane. Like uh, yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is that's the type of excuse that I could see, you know, the loyalists and people who are just unwilling to kind of accept reality of, well, there's 80, young, you know, 80 freshmen and sophomores. No, this is a veteran football team with multiple guys who have been here for six years, seven years. The quarterback is playing in his fifth season, fourth season. I mean, th there are no excuses. This isn't the year before the year. This is the year. I'm not saying you win a championship. Essentially, the foundation of your next several years, the chance to set them up for the next few years of being extremely successful. Right. But if they don't this year, Matt, it's another conversation. All right, we're going to wrap it up here uh, for the first part of our prediction episode. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter. That is at General Loss. That is at Jacob Lane 08. You can check out my work at thestateoflouisville.com. You can check out Matt at Louisville Report of Sports Illustrated. Uh, if you're interested, hop on over to the next episode. We'll see you there.